Welcome, welcome to tonight's bingo. Um, I will be handing this over to my assistant, uh, Sandra Numbersworth, to pull the numbers. Sandra, will you please read the numbers for us? Hello, loves. So, first number out of the ball tonight. Number three, things we've watched. And the next number, things we've played, 77. 88, stuff we've listened to. 22, two queer trans ladies. And number 60, it's queer and pleasant strangers. Bingo! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Cake Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks, do some skits, have a catch up, that sort of thing. Just have a bit of a smile and a laugh. That's us. How are you doing this week, Jane? I'm alright. Uh, I'm full of fajita. Yeah, we had a lot of fajita before, before dinner. So many fajitas. So many fajita. They, they were very spicy. They were full of fajita. Yeah, well, that's that's what passes for comedy in my brain right now. And also, also they weren't that spicy. <laughs> no, they, they they made my tongue do a slightly funny thing. I was like, is this spicy? I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a little cut on my tongue or something. Oh, no. Who knows? Ooh, too zesty. Too zest. There's just one bit of my tongue, so I think my tongue was the problem more than the feet. Is, but, uh, tongue. Have a look. That's a good tongue. I like that tongue. Well, I I, apparently that. my tongue's fine then. <laughs> yeah, it's been a been an all right week again this week, as ever. Mm. Yeah, we saw some friends at the weekend. We did. We played some, played some, played some things. Should we some talk things. about the thing we played? Should we? Should let's talk about the things we played. Just straight in there. Straight in there. We had well, friends. We did a thing. You ran a D and D campaign. Yeah, I we've we've talked about this a little bit on the show before. This is this is the group of of convention cosplay nerds that nerds. Uh, I add to various things with, and it's been a really. Shish. It's been a really nice excuse this this D and D campaign and trying to make it a semi regular thing. It's been a really nice excuse to have my friends round. Yeah, and like, that's a thing I've never really done much of in my life before. Hosting like my friends coming to see me. So it's very lovely to see them because they're very lovely people. Yeah. So to to summarize what we did before, this was a campaign that we we ran the first one shot twice. Once with yes. you and Joe Parlock yes, and uh, and Astrid Johnson. Yeah. And that was the Goblin's Feet that's recorded on your YouTube. I believe channel? it's on my YouTube channel. Yeah. I think it's on your SoundCloud as well. Yeah, it's in a couple of places. But if you search the Goblin's Feet, Laura K. Buzz, you'll probably find it. Uh, we ran that same campaign with a group of my convention nerds, and we basically took Jane from the Goblin's Feet and put her into the exact same campaign that I ran with my other friends, and like, ah, we'll just sort of smush the inconsistencies together. I fell through from another universe. Exactly. The The pub might have a slightly different name. That's a, that's about it. The rest of it we can we can wreck on. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, so we did we did that sort of first bank heist. We did one a little while ago that was uh what was the second one we did? Oh, it was the uh the wizard that got turned into a goat. We played through that campaign with the with the bed dragon at the end. Mm-hmm. And this time we did one that was based around one of our players' characters. Yeah. Uh one of our players was from a very rich their character was from a very rich family and they their character was not a big fan of the whole aristocracy thing. So everyone snuck into 
uh, snuck into a very fancy party. A very fancy party indeed. Indeed, as a bunch of characters who do not do fancy necessarily very well. No, it's very against Ellie's everything to go yeah. to anywhere fancy. Yeah, it was a lot of characters that don't really like the rich stuck-up types having to pretend to be rich stuck-up types. Um, there were mysteries abound. I was quite quite proud of my little mystery I'd, I'd wrapped up of, of what was going on at the party. Had a... Shall I get into what what the, the tell us all was? about it? Because they're never oh, going to get to play. Huh? That's fair. So basically, I had this thing that like our group of adventurers, including son of the rich people, snuck into a, a party at the at the son rich parents' rich. house. Yeah, the, <laughs> the rich the rich parents' house, and a lot of rich families were there. And it turns out it was a party to be like, hey, so we worked out how to like make well-behaved obedient clones of our kids. So like, if your kid isn't being like well-behaved as an heir. We can just make you a better heir. Yeah. And the party uh, t- messed around with the machine so that the clones instead came out very, very, very disobedient, naughty clones. I don't know, I quite like the bard with the... the was it bard or the wizard with the um, eldritch god Oh, and... yes, yes, the sort of... Um, the, the, the gothic warlock teen... <laughs> Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, by the end of it, you, you snuck in, you robbed, robbed the vault, you uh, robbed them blind, you, we you, pickpocketed them. You you turned their like promising like perfect air teens into a jock a musician and a goth. That that the I think the goth just summoned eldritch tentacles out the walls. Yeah, I you knew set, we couldn't leave that party. Yeah, you set fire to the house. It was great. I pooped on the carpet. <laughs> you did indeed roll to poop on the carpet. Uh, I only got a six. It was a sloppy pen. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. It's, I think it's one of the more narratively ambitious one shots I've tried to do in terms of like trying to have like an actual surprise that like caught that came out of nowhere. I think. Um, I guess you you I, step for children that pretty well. I, I did step for children it a little bit. It's, I because I've done I've done one shots before and they've usually been. The the players have have been the the star as opposed to trying to do anything particularly exciting with the plot. So I was quite excited about this. And I was like, mm. yeah, I came up with an interesting thing. You did. Um, we managed to talk our way around an awful lot of it. Indeed, thanks you, to good rolls. What what had been planned to be maybe a three hour one shot took a you know, two and a half hours, maybe a bit shorter. But we had fun. We all had a fun time. Yeah, and you nice can, that's the thing with the, these the campaigns you can never guarantee exactly how it's going to go no exactly they can and always... sometimes you have to modify things on the fly and sometimes you just can't do that you just have to tell the story that there is and that's it's. I think it's better to get the good narrative, yeah. regardless of how long it is. Well, that's it. I was try and artificially inflate I wasn't it. Gonna, I wasn't going to inflate it unnecessarily. I had two big fights planned, mm-hmm. and you encountered one of them, which was fighting the. Uh, the, the the rebellious teens and I had another one and you just didn't come across it and I was like I could force it there but the narrative that's not where the narrative is so I didn't I'll we save it for save another it time yeah. I'll find a way to reflavor it and use it another time exactly but... let's do it being a DM well that's it I, nothing I, wasted I I very much enjoyed the story we told and Definitely. I think we still got like if I can get over two hours out of a out of a one shot, I feel like I've done all right. Yeah, I mean, like, and then when I ran that one that I did, was we came to just over four hours, and I was thinking, mm. like, but perhaps I did overbreak the pudding a bit with <laughs> some of the things, but also the fact that there was 
with with the one I was doing, there was five of you, which didn't help, mm. and you were just absolutely kicking everything's ass. So yeah, well, I think part of that one that that you ran was there was a lot of beginner players as well, so that yeah. the pacing was slightly slowed down. I think by people help. having to sort of ask how things worked. A lot. How I play game, I. I think that like the group we've played with now have a bit more of an idea of what they're doing and yeah, the pace and, is definitely and, picked and up. And I think they'd also um, done more research into their characters. Yeah. They knew how to play their characters better. Yeah, everyone had more of an idea of what their character could do mm. and was thinking ahead as opposed to, a problem has arisen, now let's all look over <laughs> our sheets and think. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a nice fun time playing D&D. Mm, definitely. Uh, what else have we played this week? What else have uh, we played? Well, I, I don't know. You or we? Well, we we have played a thing together. Can we talk about that? Yeah, because uh, the is this the Yoshi? Yeah, yeah. So we're recording this before the review embargo for Yoshi's <sighs> Crafted World goes up. It's not out in the world yet. We're recording this on Tuesday the twenty sixth, but we've been playing it. Review embargo's up by now, so when you hear this, reviews will be out. Mm. I think the game's on sale by the time you hear this, but. How well? <laughs> should, should I talk about it? So you you start. Okay. Because, uh... So we have two very different experiences playing this. <laughs> I've played the game pretty much start to finish at this moment in single player, and me and Jane played some in co-op. Yep. Uh, in single player, I think this is a really nice game. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone that's not seen it, it's a side-scrolling platformer. Yoshi, these are little dinosaur thing. His thing is he can sort of flutter as he jumps. He can do very big fluttery jumps. He's got a, ta- a tongue. He can swallow stuff up to make eggs to throw. Um, this particular Yoshi game, everything is made out of craft materials. So, like, the levels are built out of cardboard boxes and uh, some bamboo might be like a green straw that's sort of cut and peeled open a little bit. Um, I saw a... What was that? I saw, like, a shark made out of a sponge... It's super adorable. Um, it is a game where the art style more than makes up for the lacking strength of the hardware. It is a good-looking game, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, it's so pretty. Um, yeah. Like, the, the felt textures on the characters. Yeah. The cardboard it, textures on the on the sort of the world itself. It really sells the idea that this is a world made out of physical materials. Like, yeah. you look at this game and go, yeah, someone could just make that. Yeah, in... It, it it's kind of like um have you played Lumino City? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't realise until after I'd finished it that they actually built all of the sets yeah. physically. And it all exists as one giant piece because there's like a behind the scenes where you can see all the bits made. Yeah. It wouldn't have surprised me really if um like there was it turned out there was a documentary of yeah actually we filmed a bunch of this stuff it's all I wouldn't be surprised used. if Nintendo physically made some of these sets just to check it made sense yeah um and there's all stuff like when if you've got a piece in the the set that moves up and down in the air like a butterfly you'll either have like a shy guy hiding behind a bush with it on a like a little wire moving it up and down you might have a string visible from the top of the screen dangling it yeah. um it's very sweet yeah it's it's more difficult in single player than I had anticipated. Uh, Yoshi platformers tend to be a little on the simpler side. Uh, well, you had the option to play it in simple mode. Uh, yes, there is an option to play it in simple mode. But if you play it on like the the setting that's like ah, you were you were you were gamer type. You, have you, you played games before? Have you played games before? You know what you do in the games. 
there is more challenge here than I expected, and that's a good thing oh. in single player. I I found that it was pretty well paced that as I got toward the end, I was definitely dying or I was dying and having to restart sections of levels often enough that I felt like I was being challenged. Um, in terms of the collectibles you have to find to progress, I got to the last level and was like a hand like and I'd been like trying my very best to collect like a decent number of collectibles per level, going a bit out of my way. And I was within like a a handful of being able to do the Literally last level fine. when I arrived. Yeah, so it's like I think it was pretty well paced that like if you are going out of your way to look for collectibles you'll get to the end and be like, ooh, I've just got to backtrack a little bit, but I'm, I'm pretty much there. Hmm. Um, I don't like everything about this in single player. Uh, the biggest problem I have is that some levels have timed challenges in them where the world will flip around and you have like 10 seconds to hmm. do a thing and it'll usually involve shooting stuff with eggs. And if you fail that, you don't get another chance unless you restart the whole level. Yeah. And these are usually quite deep into levels. They're yeah. usually quite near the end. And it's very, very frustrating to go, oh, I now have to replay that whole level to retry a single 10 second egg throwing challenge if I want to 100% this. Mm. It, it put me off the idea of replaying levels to retry a challenge. Mm. I... I wasn't a huge fan of that, and it's probably the reason that I will never 100% this game. Hmm. Um, one thing I had worried about when I previewed this game that I think actually worked out really well in the end was a lot of the... I will describe them as gimmicky ideas, the, the sort of things they throw in for a single level and then don't use again. Yeah. I was worried about the quality of those. I hmm. was worried those weren't going to be good, because the first one you come across is riding this little dog thing and I personally thought that did not feel right. But I didn't have a problem with that. That's fair. Um, Which is why you rode me and I rode the dog. Yeah, I was just like, okay, fine, I'll jump on James back <laughs> and she can just ride it around. Um, but the vast majority of the rest of those I thought were really good. Uh, there's one we played through together, which is the boxing. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, the with big the mecha Yoshi. Yeah, big mecha Yoshi with the boxing gloves. Most of them are like that, where they feel really fun. And oh. it's like, ooh, just one more try, one more try, and we can totally do this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, generally I was really impressed. Um, there was a lot of visual and level design creativity that was persistent the whole way through. It never stuck with any one idea too long, but it also didn't feel like it was throwing new things at you arbitrarily. Mm -hmm. In single player, this is a really fun little Yoshi game. Now, let's get on to the frankly quite terrible co-op. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you said it, not me. Yeah, yeah, no. Mm, by the time this goes up, my review will be up on Kotaku, <laughs> and I am going to be quite scathing about that co-op. I mean, the fact that I I, I really enjoy playing co-op games with you. Yeah. I love playing games with you. The fact that I was getting so frustrated, I spent most of... Last night when we were playing it, screaming at you to get the fuck off me! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was several times where I was like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to play the game. That's me trying to jump, because when you've got somebody on your back, you can't jump high enough. You can't do certain moves as well. Yeah. It's it, like, I... <laughs> so I will very quickly try and sum up the problem with Yoshi in co-op, which is there are two main actions that happen that can happen when you're playing co-op that I think should not be in this game. There is 
Uh, you can land on another Yoshi's back, and then you sort of lock into them and you're riding them. Mm -hmm. And if you hit them with your tongue, you swallow them. Uh, the problem with the tongue swallowing thing is if you swallow someone, A, they can't play because they're in your mouth. You have to fire them out somewhere to get them out. And B, they lose all their eggs. Yeah. Which is like your your ammo. And it's quite scarce as it is in the level. Like, losing yeah. all of your eggs is a big setback. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand it for times when you've got no ammo. It's yeah. It's like, oh crap, none of, neither of us got any ammo. Let me just eat you quickly. And then I will spit you out at, like, that piranha plant or something. Yeah. And that will kill the piranha but plant. We'll be able to get past but when you've both got full eggs, yeah. one eats the other person and then spits them out by accident. Yeah, and then... I, I would like a mode to turn that off so yeah. your abilities can't affect the other Yoshi. Because if that, because you don't ever or even need... you can't do it when they've got eggs. Yeah, it's you don't ever need to interact with the other Yoshi because all of these levels can be completed single player. It, yeah, like there were sometimes when it was like, "Hey, we can make this jump slightly easier if you jump on me, and then I jump and you don't double jump off of me." Yeah, but like the thing about it was, for the few times it was useful, that for for each time it was useful, there was probably twenty, thirty times that just frustrating. we accidentally, frustratingly interacted with each other and like fucked over what we were trying to do and made the game harder and less fun. Yeah, like also the levels are like. They're small and cramped enough that, like, you can't help but interact with each other. Like, yeah, it needs a bit of a zoom out on the camera. Yeah, if the camera would let you zoom out so that you could be far further apart from each other at one time, you'd be at less risk of, of interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, also, like, when you've got, both got full sets of eggs, when that rarely happens, there's too much going on there's two there is a lot of visual information on the screen especially if like one person's slightly ahead and then an enemy jumps over their head yeah so it's like now I can't tell where that shy guy is in amongst all of your freaking eggs yeah it's it's a lot I would go as far as to say like don't don't bother trying this in co-op I maybe you'll have a good time with it if we... you want to troll each other you might really enjoy it yeah but like if you're trying to play through to play a platforming game together, like, I've complained in the past about the new Super Mario Brothers games and how they are less do less finishable in uh, co-op. Mm. This is that problem magnified a hundredfold. Yeah, I mean, for me, Mario's always been, like, either one after the other or, like, a single-player experience. Yeah, you've never played any of the multiple people on screen at once ones. No. Like, I yeah. played, what, New Super Mario Brothers on the DS? I The most recent one, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe is not so bad. Yeah, it, we, we, yeah, but we played that for all of, like, an hour. Well, I, I played some of that in cult, like, on the Wii yeah, when yeah. it first released. And, like, that mm -hmm. one, I played, like, quite a bit of that in, in co-op. And it, it definitely zooms further back. It lets you have more space. It, mm. it isn't nearly this bad. Yeah. And like there, there was that time we were trying to climb up a mobile, like a oh. little kid's mobile over, um, like you get over um, cribs. Yeah. And like we had to sort of climb onto the top of the item that was dangling from the thing, and then make sure both of us were in the right position to get on top of the arm holding that thing up. Yeah. Um, we were very often either jumping on top of each other or jumping in the wrong direction. Yeah. And then like to try and. 
not fall down. You were running sort of up to the middle point, and that meant that like I was too far off screen, which meant that I lost all my eggs and floated up as yeah. like a baby egg. So <sighs> I I I think we don't need to necessarily belabor the point too much more. Just it's a really fun game in single player. Thank you, Jane, for like being my co-op testing partner. <laughs> this game don't work so well in co-op. Not so much. Um, what's your favourite costume so far? Uh, by far, it is. Um, I, I okay, yeah, this is a fairly early one. I don't <laughs> mind. There's one where you can play as a train. You use a front carriage of like a steam train, and it makes me very happy to just be Yoshi, a little blue Yoshi. Oh, you can pick the colour of your Yoshi as well. Yep. Uh, it remembers what outfit you picked. They're all just like little cardboard things that Yoshi like holds onto and runs around wearing like a skirt. I like the purple one. I I I I what the gooba? No, the purple. Yoshi. Oh, the purple Yoshi. I think it meant the purple outfit. Oh. <laughs> no, I like my little my little train. Yeah, I like the way it's got the little um, smokestack on the on the front of it as he a wears, hat. He wears the smokestack <laughs> as a hat. It's adorable. It really is very sweet. I like playing as a sheep. Yeah, you're on around as a little sheep. And also, the other thing with those is, like, depending on the rarity, they've got more uh, that you can take extra hits. So, like, yes. for super rare, I think there's something like five additional hits. Yes, which is really useful for each level's um, flower you're rewarded for getting to the end with full health mm-hmm. intact. Because having miss like taken some damage pips on your outfit doesn't count as losing some of your health. Nope. So that's that's a good tip. Wear outfits if you want to get that particular flower for each level. And when level. you get to the bells, I think you get some health back on the outfit. Uh, yes, you fully reheal your outfit and get some hearts to refill your actual health meter as well. But if you lose your outfit during the the level, you have to go back to the costume shop and put it back on again. Uh, you can do it without going back to the costume yeah. shop. Uh, just uh, hit the plus button on the overworld, and it you can pick uh, costumes there, but right? You, but you still have to put it. Yeah, back on. you still have to manually put it respawn. back on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what else have one of us played this week? Uh, well, I played some, some Puppy Games games. Ooh, which Puppy Games games have you played? I uh, played, uh, well, basically I've been a Patreon for them for a while, and they give you, like, a code every two months if you're on a £5, or once a month if you're on a £10. Ooh. Um, and I'd forgotten to claim them all, because <laughs> I own most, I owned most of them already. Uh, but I got, um, Ultratron, which is basically Robotron. Okay. That's a twin stick shooter game. Um, it was good, because very recently I'd been thinking, I really want to play Llamatron again. I I don't believe I know about Llamatron. But... Llamatron's basically Robotron, but with llamas, and you collect little llamas and they follow you around. and, and... I, should, I should probably put that together, shouldn't I? <laughs> Perhaps so. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the one I remember playing when I was in high school. Um, yeah, basically you play a little person, and you run around shooting things and collecting coins, and then you can power up between waves and do the next thing and get like little androids and stuff that follow you around it's really cool it's a really nice version it's got um like a lot of the puppy games games have like really nice lighting effects mm, yeah um that it's a very distinct art style that they have across their series mm. uh, i really really enjoy um so yeah it was nice to play that the other one i played was uh a little uh, Titan attack, Titan's attack, mm. which is basically um, Space Invaders, but with power ups. And again, the, the that awesome Puppy Games thing, uh, a visual style. So yeah, it's quite been quite fun doing um, like uh, high score attacks on those. Nice. Yeah, nice to play just some simple classic arcadey stuff. 
What else have you played? Uh, I'm not a huge way into this, but I started playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is the new game from From Software, who are the uh, the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, uh, those people. Demon Souls. Demon Souls, that's the one. I'm I trying. hear it's better if you uh, don't play it like a Dark Souls game. Uh, yeah, so here's, here's like where I'm at with it so far. Um... This game is definitely not Dark Souls. Uh, it's published by Activision, who are, Ooh. like, they're more known for more mainstream AAA stuff, and I think there are some ways that a- Activision's involvement has helped this game. Because they sacked all the stuff? <laughs> I, here's what I'll say. It has a better tutorial than any of the Dark Souls do. It actually fucking tells you how the game is played and for the most part explains its mechanics. Ooh. It 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 actually like it it tells you things, which is kind of a welcome relief because it because it is a departure from the Dark Souls formula. It was nice that it told me a bit what to do. Yeah, because I guess a lot of people were going, another game from Rome's after yeah. the hard the so, hard stabby thing. How how do I describe the difference? The Dark Souls games are very much about avoiding getting hit until there's an opening to get your attacks in. And mm-hmm. Avoid them no matter how you want. Um, usually the big tactic is dodge. Uh, you don't want to be blocking because blocks, um, you get a little bit stunned during them. Like Dodging is what you should be doing. You should mm. be backing away from attacks. That is not how you play Sekiro. Um, it's more parry, right? Yeah, this is all... like You are one person with a sword. You don't level up. There's no like armor to get. There's no making your, your stats stronger. You are just a person with a sword who if you get stunned stabbed really badly will just die and all of your enemies are people with swords usually that if you stab them real good will die um if you back away it basically gives your enemy time to re to catch their breath mm. it allows them to get their sort of defenses back up rather than trying to back away and play defensively you need to stay in block shots keep the pressure up and go for that one attack when it when it comes available. Okay. Um, also, because it's not about because it's not about killing a bunch of enemies to raise your levels to get your your experience. You have to realize with Sekiro that it's totally okay to just not fight a thing. Hmm. If it if it is too strong and you don't know how to kill it, it is okay to just go. You know what? I'm just going to sneak around it, and I'm just not going to deal with it. Because you are a ninja, right? Yeah, you're a you're a sort of samurai ninja type, and you're a, a shinobi, I think, and you're one of them types with a sword that is very sneaky. But a sneaky type. Sneaky type. Yeah. So it is totally viable to just, this thing is kicking my ass, I'm either going to sneak past it entirely, or try and sneak around it so I can get one cheap jab in, so that I, like, stand a, a fighting chance. Mm. Like... A lot of times when people play Dark Souls, there's this idea that if you get the cheap win, you didn't do it properly. But here it's very much like, no, no, no. You are just a one dude with a sword. If you can get the cheap win, get the cheap win, dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, I. it's been a lot of readjustment. It's a lot of trying not to play it like a Dark Souls and resisting the urge to, to back away, to keep distance from yourself and the enemy. You've got to get in, use the blocks, stay in close, keep the pressure on. Mm. And that took me some getting used to, but I'm enjoying it. 
I will be playing more definitely, but it's it has been kicking my ass until I've worked out like, oh, okay, this is the mentality I should be mm. using in fights. And when you die twice, you get thrown back to the bonfire equivalent. Uh, sort of. Um, basically, when you die the first time, you mm. are given two options. Do you, you want to be dead? Or do you want to get revived? And if you get revived, you do get another chance at fighting what you're fighting, and you don't have to go back to a checkpoint or anything. But you will encounter this thing called the Dark Rot, which is like, oops, you're poisoned, and you might poison others around you, and there are consequences to this, so like, don't get too much of this this bad rot. There are, it's like, if you really want to do it, you can revive, but there will be consequences and you will have to deal with them. Mm. Which is, it's an interesting mechanic, I'm still sort of learning how to mitigate the effects of that. And I also hear that if you do resurrect, because um, you can sort of lie there dead for a bit yeah, and watch enemies walk away, but if you do resurrect, they will come straight back for you. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Y- your resurrection is not a subtle event. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, what about you? What have you been playing? I've been hitting 47 men. You've been hitting the, the 47 men? I hit 47 men. I was you, like, you know what? I want to shave my head, get a head tattoo and hit a bunch of boys. You you, you played Hitman, yeah. I played Hitman. Uh, 2017? Yeah, the relatively reboot? recent... The Hitman reboot that was recent. The, 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 the sequel is just coming out yeah. to come out to. Yeah, not the original Hitman, but the newer Hitman. Yeah, I've never played a Hitman game before. How did I, you get I got a bunch it? of them in a, in a in a pack ages ago, and didn't actually get round to playing them because I think the one I wanted to play I think was the newest at the time was Absolution. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that won't run on my system, and I'm not sure I want to play the others. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I saw like this one for like seven ninety nine on something and, the other and, day. And you now have access to a computer that play play I game do. good. Uh, it does, and I, I killed killed some people. How how it's do you find it? Really in depth. Yeah, there's there's a lot to it. I like technically it's it's just quite incredible. Like I don't care that I keep seeing the same people over and over and over again, especially in, in places like Marrakesh. Yeah. You just see the same models over and over and over again. I don't care. I'm just so impressed that there's it's... like um sometimes there'll be like unique people, like the mm. one at the um the fashion show. Yes. You see like the fashion designer, um or one of the fashion designers at one point sort of they're in one place, they're helping out like the models and then later on they're somewhere else just sort of appraising something that's going yeah. on and then later on they're somewhere else having a drink yeah it's like i keep bumping into you yeah in, while i'm in different costumes and completely not the same person honest wink wink nash nash <laughs> and just the fact that there seems to be a certain amount of life to the yeah. thing that's going on as as someone that's played those games a few times like the thing that made me really sort of understand what made those games special is not trying to play them like a sort of splinter cell linear type game Mm. but being like this is a sandbox the whole point of this is there is a bunch of different tools and disguises and routes and it's just a very open sandbox with a lot of different ways to do things yeah like i think that tutorial is a really good way of pointing that out where it says like okay go kill this target Okay, now do it a different way. Mm. Go a different way. Like there's, there's you had options. Go, yeah, go yeah. do this. Like you can, and then like the fact that you have the challenges as well. Like, hey, yeah. kill them with an explosive. Hey, kill them with this. Kill it, them with that. Yeah, it really sort of pushes you to be like, huh? I don't know how I would do that. 
Yeah, and then the other thing is, like, that first training level, you really feel like you could do all of the things in that level. Yeah. But then something like Marrakesh, just like, there's stuff everywhere, and that level just never seems to stop. Yeah, it really is a game that, like, when people talk about replay value in games, like, this game has that. Oh, yeah. Like, Like, (laughs) I can't see myself trying to do, like, the, the pro level levels. Yeah. But it's... Like, if anything, it's just for, for pure fascination to go, yeah. how would things... And sometimes things are different when you just reload. Just yeah. like, hang on. You, <laughs> there was only one of you that walked in last time, and now there's three of you. <laughs> Makes it much harder to kill one of you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not a game that's easy to predict, and it makes you think on your toes a bit. Yeah, and it, it really doesn't have an all guns blazing option yeah no if you like, get seen you dead <laughs> yeah like um i remember trying to play um deus ex human revolution mm. and like i would try and sneak her out but ultimately i wasn't very good at it yeah so the idea that you can from the in that you could just go oh well i fucked up time to break out the machine guns <laughs> in this is like uh nope <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can try and hide in a cupboard and hope for the best, but hopefully there's a non-compromised outfit somewhere soon and no one's going to be suspicious of the, <laughs> I don't know, the, the uh, like, security guard <laughs> in this military base. Yeah, I, I've i been having a, I've been really excited <laughs> watching you have so much fun with this. Like, I, I'm really happy you've enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm really happy watching you kill people. Um, yeah, sort of planning my way around and like, do I poison this person? How am I going to get this? Why is... Ah, I see you filled literally every cupboard you could find with dead bodies my, or my, knocked out bodies. My favourite bit of watching you play was that one point when you were in what seemed to be a completely empty room. You started poisoning a glass <laughs> just as someone walked in and they were like, what are you doing? And you're like, nothing, nothing. You just... Walked out, just walked out mid-class poisoning. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm, I'm, nothing. I'm a good... Uh, God, what am I dressed as? Uh, kitchen staff. I'm a good kitchen staff. <laughs> Please don't tell my hypothetical boss. Yeah, I'm, there's a plot going on outside of these levels. I'm, I spend so much time in the levels, I've largely forgotten what's going on. Uh, the plot is like, it's not the reason to play this. No. I, I quite like that um, I just got to... I can't remember which country it's in, but the, the big hotel level. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, I've heard, like, some people just randomly having a conversation about the last mission I'd just done. <laughs> it's like, ah, yeah, so the, the whole destabilising government in Marrakesh thing, huh? And, yeah, how were they supposed to know there was going to be a coup d'etat going on? Yeah, anyway, well, I think somebody deliberately killed those two people that wound up dead. So I'm like... <laughs> La, 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 la. <laughs> Another drink, sir. Yeah. Well, I'm glad <laughs> you poisoned. I, I'm glad you've had such fun with you having such fun with it. Yeah. If, if you're still enjoying it by the end and you fancy another one down the line, the second one is more of the same but a bit better. Yeah, I hear they put all of the levels from this one in two as well. I I believe that is the case. There is just a lot of content. Well let me get through this one and see how yeah. I do. Um, but yeah, like I, I couldn't believe. I'm, I'm gonna keep referring back to Marrakesh because yeah. it's the one I spent like most of yesterday doing. Yes, the one that was just fucking huge. Lots of saving and loading. Like you start off in that little sort of like in a little cafe in a market, and there's people everywhere, and then you sort of go out into the open air market, and then there's like the whole thing in front of the consulate where people are sort of 
forming an angry mob. Mm. And then there's like the back of the military base in in a high school. And then there's like all of the, the soldiers in there and all the different bits around there. Obviously there's the printers, which is how I snuck in. Yes, Jack, yes. one of the printers. And then like from there you go into the, the consulate building, which is huge on its own. Yeah. It's... Um, and then I killed someone while dressed as a masseuse. It's a real... It's a it's a really impressive bit of level yeah. design. It's like thinking their way through all of that must have been quite a thing. Yeah, like it's it's still enclosed levels where like there are set boundaries to it, and mm. you'll you know you have to ultimately go from here to here. Yeah, but the number of paths along the way are enough that you can sort of forget that you're being funneled down a linear corridor. Mm. I've also quite liked that, like. I've seen ideas of like, hey, you could be doing it this way, but then going, I'm not really quite sure how to work that out. And maybe if I went through again, like, I would be in the right place at the right time for that particular thing to unfold in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm quite liking it so far. I, uh, yeah, I'm just on the big hotel level at the moment, nice. wandering around going, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I, I just knocked out and, oh, he snapped the neck of a stalker. Ah. There was a guy standing by a window upstairs just going, yeah, yeah, turn around, turn around. Oh, yeah, you want to you look at me? She's like, clearly no one can see you from looking at the perving on them from that window. So I was just like, I was just like, this guy's really creeping me out. So I just grabbed him by the back of the head, choked him out, dragged him into a room and snapped his neck. Nice. Fuck you, stalkers. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So, have you played anything else this week? Uh, that is all the things I've played. Uh, the only other thing I've done is... Killer Stalker Simulator. <laughs> i played more Pokemon. I'm continuing my shiny hunt. How many shinies am I up to? I've so lost... many. Like 132, 100... I think 133 now. Oh, I missed one. Uh, yes, I got my shiny yesterday. Was it? I think that was the most recent one. <laughs> I'm getting there. So, <gasps> time for this. Ooh. Are you still suffering from that winter malaise? Constantly. Are you finding that basically you just let your energy levels get really, really low over the winter period and, and now you're just really struggling to get going now that the sun's occasionally out? Warming back up has been a nightmare. Have you noticed that like there are days recently when it's really nice and bright and sunny out and you're like, I should go out and see that, but then you just procrastinate all day long and then the sun's gone down and... Going to feel like you let the whole thing go to waste? Depression's a real problem. Try this! It's a Kickstarter for you! <gasps> for me? Exactly, just stick it to the side of your head and then get someone to just kickstart you off. <laughs> oh goodness, all of the energy coursing through my head makes it so I can't help but get out and about. Exactly, just kickstart the dopamine and you'll be going in no time. <laughs> out and about, enjoying the sun. From the makers of Jumpstart Cables for your brain. Try new Kickstart for your head. <laughs> because sometimes you just need someone to forcibly kick you into doing something. This is infuriating. I'm stuck down in hell and I just can't find a really good vegan alternative to Pop-Tarts. I swear to... well, you know, me, I guess. Uh, that I would sell my soul! For a good vegan alternative popped up. Hello. Uh, yes, damned, damned for eternal, eternity human, yes. Uh, hello. Um, I, I couldn't help but, um, overhear your, um, your, your predicament. 
I'm I'm um, I'm Mark. I'm here in hell for all eternity because I, uh, while I was on Earth, decided that I would sell my soul to you, of course, for um, I don't even remember what it was now. Something terribly frivolous, but um, I actually know a good vegan alternative to pop tarts. And if you would just like give me my soul back so I can get out of hell and go enjoy a more pleasant afterlife, totally around to sell my own soul. Well, you can give me your soul if you want. It. I feel like, you know, ruling this place might make it a bit more palatable. You can give me your soul if you prefer, but I just honestly just want a soul so I can get out of here. Well, I can give you a soul. Go on, give give me mine and maybe yours too. Why not? It's really hard to find a good alternative to Pop-Tarts. So you want two souls now? Well, seeing as I'm the one who knows where to find, uh, you know, good vegan alternative to Pop-Tarts. I mean, you realise I can just have you tortured for all eternity. Yeah, but if you do that, you're not going to find out where those Pop-Tarts are. Like, if I don't tell... I'm going to get tortured for all eternity anyway. Like, you really think... I could make it worse. I'm I'm really very good at torture. It is already... Like, what... I took lessons from the CIA. Do you expect me to believe that you've been holding back? That doesn't seem like your thing. Look, it's a long time. You have to ramp it up. (laughs) Uh, Fine, okay, fine, 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 fine. You can have my soul and your soul back, I guess, for the vegan alternative to Pop-Tarts. Chocolate ones, though. Yeah, yeah, we can do chocolate. Right. Okay, here here it is. I'll I'll whisper it to you so that... uh... What do you mean some Pop-Tarts are already bloody vegan apart from the frosted ones? Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) I'm free. So... What have you put in your eyes? Put in my eyes? In your well, eyes. We watched a thing while the while my nerd friends were around. We did? Oh uh, my god, we watched a thing. While... Uh, we watched Shrek Retold by the YouTube channel 3GI. Uh, this is on YouTube. It is an entire full-length remake of the movie Shrek, done by about 200 different creators, each doing... F- Anywhere from a couple of minutes to just a few seconds of the film in different art styles and acting and mm. song numbers. And it's quite an impressive bit of creativity in its in its bizarreness. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, everything is redone, including, like, all the voice acting is redone, all of the soundtrack. So every, like... Characters will change voice actors every couple of minutes. Um, there were a few standout, fascinating moments. Uh, the one that I can't get out of my head is, for anyone who has watched Tim and Eric's Awesome Show, there is a man who does puppets in that. Uh, he he sings a song about Salome. Uh, he, he just has... If you've seen the show, you will know the man with his puppets. He does an entire song number in... He does Hallelujah. He, he does Hallelujah. And then does a bit of interview about how how the princess turned into a Shrek. He's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. I love him. Um, yeah. What, what did you think of this bizarre thing we, we experienced? There was some talent and some creativity. In... <laughs> yeah. Um... I feel like everyone had a lot of fun making that. Yeah, I I feel like we all had a lot of fun confused as, as a confused thoughts. room watching it. Like, we couldn't look away. 
No. Um, no. Oh, there was one that was really great in the, in the castle with the dragon where it was all done with... Um, the set had been remade out of cardboard and there were like little trails through the floor and sticks stuck up through the trails mm. and like little cardboard cutouts of the people sort yeah. of moving along the through the trails. That was a really fun one. There's some really good animated bits in it. Yeah, so like the like and some different styles. What was the one with the um it's when Shrek and Fiona and Donkey are walking back towards Duluc and there oh, was like yes. that weird psychedelic yeah. animation that was really cool. Yeah, there is a whole there's a lot of bits of this that are very psychedelia. <laughs> it's it's that montage scene from the original where they they're sort of walking along and then there's the bit in the hot tub and they Blow balloon animals out of snakes. Yeah, yeah. And toads. Yes. Um, I if you've got an hour and a half free and you like Shrek, and you've got a group of friends who will enjoy watching and laughing through Shrek through a multitude of unexpected, shocking design decisions. Yeah. This is a way to spend an evening. <laughs> it's it certainly is a way to spend it's... an evening. It's yeah, uh, for a, for a group of us that like our little nerd group, we have spent many a year making jokes about Shrek to each other, and this is quite a way to spend the night. So, so I'm surprised we didn't get some more Neil, Neil Sister Egg here. In there. Uh, we didn't considering what film. he does. I'd, I'm yeah. really surprised he didn't put in a scene for that. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we just didn't notice it. Um, it kind of reminded me of our Robocop remake. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, I think that's available in its entirety on Vimeo. Yeah. Um, that, and that's just like, hey, we all took a scene and decided to remake Robocop because the reboot's coming out. Yeah. So I, I would recommend this thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, what else? What are you, what are you putting in your eyes this well, week? Well, I put in my eyes while well, we watched something together a couple of nights ago. We watched that State of Play. Oh, yes. Uh, PlayStation's equivalent. all the things! Basically, PlayStation's equivalent of Nintendo Direct. Yeah, basically. It's a little 20-minute thing with a bunch of announcements. Yeah. Um, I think for a first attempt at a Nintendo Direct competitor, that was, that was pretty decent. It had a good pace. I think, as you commented previously, like the the person narrating it was a bit... Oh, it was corporate polished to hell narrator voice, yeah. a disembodied person with no name. It was, yeah, it was almost. Um, I mean, I suppose with the Nindies, it's it's like very often it's a case of uh, a translator over the top yeah. of it sometimes. But but with this, it, it almost felt like one of the more advanced um, Microsoft text to speak <laughs> so people. Here's, here's the comparison I would make. So Nintendo with their directs, with their main directs, they usually get. Known names at the company, like your um, people like Reggie Fils-Aimé before he left. Your yeah. um, they'll get someone who is a known face at Nintendo to, at the very least, like a couple of times appear on screen and say what's going to be seen next. Hmm. It just puts a human face on yeah. what's going on. And when a voiceover says like, "Oh, it's really fun," you're like, "Oh, okay, no, there was a human involved in this video. Someone probably found it fun." Yeah. Um, even the the, the indie directs. They still have their pair of... They might not be known names at Nintendo, but it's still, mm. hey, we're two people, we're at Nintendo, this is how this is how I feel about games, we're this is how I feel about <laughs> games. We're looking at the camera, we're going to talk a couple of times. And they never make it too long that it drags the thing out. Yeah, It's enough to just make it feel like human. a human was involved <laughs> in this. But this weird disembodied voice that we never saw... 
like the the time it I've rewatched a bit of it today, and the bit where it really like hit me that this felt uncomfortable is when the disembodied voice talks about her opinion of like I've been having a lot of fun playing this game, and like in this like <laughs> rehearsed pantomime polished script voice. I'm just like, yeah, oh, we don't oh have no. time for another take. Just say it yeah, like that. That's faceless, fine. faceless corporate voice enjoyed the video game. Did you? Thank you, faceless corporate voice. Um, GM. I I think like they kept it to twenty minutes, which mm. is a good length. Yeah, definitely. They did a lot of like footage announcement, footage announcement, release dates, this, that, the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they did a lot right. I definitely yeah. agree with that. But yeah, it did it, feel really. It, first of all, it felt slightly synthetic, and yeah. secondly, everything was VR. Uh, well, see, here's the thing. I'm very happy about everything. That's because we've got VR. Yeah, like, <laughs> I I. Here's the thing, I was saying this to you at the time, I think a big part of that is my gut says that VR's going to be a really big push for the PS5 when it happens, mm. that's probably going to get announced this year, we're probably going to see the announcement of the wireless PSVR headset that's mm. been in patents, um, so I think this is part of them ramping up to that. Um, my big thing I would say to them is, it needed something at the end that's like, oh, that was really unexpected and surprising, and that was yeah. our closer. Like, they opened... With Iron Man VR, I was like, that was a good opener. It was a thing that people didn't know was coming and was unexpected. It, it got people excited. Mm -hmm. But they ended on, here's a trailer for Mortal Kombat 11 that's coming out next month. And it was a fun trailer. One of the few not VR things. Yeah, it was a fun trailer, don't get me wrong. But I, watching it, I was thinking back to that Nindy's Direct. It mm. needed something like that Cadence of Hyrule trailer. It doesn't yes. have to be a huge blockbuster thing. It doesn't have to be like, here's the release date for The Last of Us 2 or anything. Mm. Just, here's a, a thing that you didn't know was coming, and you're going to be like, oh, that's surprising, and I'm kind of excited about that. Like a surprise to end it on. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really didn't feel like there was... Yeah. I, I think it needed another thing about the level of the Iron Man VR trailer to end it on. Yeah, and I mean like everybody knows Mortal Kombat 11's coming. It's yeah. been simmering away for a while. And I think they I I, I believe they mentioned sort of some new information about uh, MK11. You but... you can play as old and new versions of the characters. They can fight their new and old selves yeah, and a couple of Mortal new Kombat characters. A <laughs> couple of new characters were introduced in the trailer. Like classic characters have appeared for the first time in the trailer, but they're going to be on all the versions, not just the PlayStation 1. So, it, you could do that in Mortal Kombat trilogy. Like, so I'm not that yeah. impressed. <laughs> what I will say, and granted, this was eight years ago, and like Sony ha has ha had eight years of watching Nintendo Directs and probably should have learnt from it. Mm. But I did go back and watch the very first Nintendo Direct, which was from November 2011, mm -hmm. and that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a seven-minute video in which they spend most of it just Reggie Fizeme talking to the camera about. Hey, your 3DS, it's getting an update. You can take 3D videos on it now, not just 3D photos. Yeah. Also, the Hulu app. Skyward Sword is still coming out next month, like you expected. We're doing a concert tonight. Most of the world can't be there, but if you're there, have a good time. This was me talking for seven minutes at the camera. Um, so, like... Sony's attempt is better than Nintendo's first attempt. But yeah, but they had lots to research. Well, that's it. Is Nintendo was sort of treading on untread ground. Sony did have seven or eight years of these to learn from. Yeah. I think it's a really nice proof of concept. Like, 
I would definitely be up for these being like every couple of months we get a mm. PlayStation Direct. Yeah. Which is, I will call them PlayStation Directs. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. The state of PlayStation. Yeah. State of PlayStation. Um, yeah. What else have you put in your eyes this week? Um, well, we watched the Nindies. Oh, that, yeah. That's happened since the last time we recorded. Yeah. We sort of offhandedly mentioned that. There was a Nintendo Indie Direct. Uh, yeah. What were the cool announcements in that? I'm trying to remember now. I'm, I'm just trying to get the list up. Okay, so Spring Indies. Uh, we had Nuclear Throne. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. Which I've, I've played on PC. I'll be no good, good at it, it but like, <laughs> it's a good game. High five, bad. At, Woo! Yeah. Um, Blade Master Zero Two. Uh, Blaster uh, Master Zero yeah, Two. Yeah, Blaster Master Zero Two. First that game was good. That cool. Yeah. Uh, I've not played any of the Blaster Masters. Um, Katana Zero. Uh, oh, that was that really cool looking sort of neon. Them led uh, assassin with a katana game. Mm-hmm. You can sort of slow down time, one hit kills. That looked really fun. Cuphead. Oh yeah, Cuphead. Um, I don't know if I'll go back and replay that, but that's like a really big deal because uh, th- there've been interviews with the Cuphead developers. Microsoft were apparently the ones who pushed to get it on Switch. They they approached the Cuphead developers and said, "Look, we've been getting on really well with Nintendo. Can we put your game on Switch?" So. As much like more so than Cuphead itself, that's a really interesting sign of. Are they just trying to force Sony out of the market? Honestly, like (laughs) it feels like it's a beneficial partnership because like there was that Minecraft Minecraft trailer last year where it ended with like a Microsoft and a Nintendo logo next to each other. Like those two are getting on good. Mm. Like they pressured Sony into crossplay, which they were like, "No, we'll never do it." Yeah. So I'm I'm up for more. Microsoft games on Switch, please. Uh, Darkwood? I don't remember which one that was. Cadence of Hyrule? Cadence of Hyrule, that's the cool one they ended on. Crypt of the Necrodancer with with Zelda. Yeah, Hyrule art and tracks and characters. You can play as Link and Zelda hopping to the music, beating stuff up. Uh, That I'm really hyped for. uh, My friend Pedro? Uh, you play a assassin who uh, talking banana. A banana, talks. yes. Yeah, the talking banana. I I keep thinking that one's out because I swear I've been seeing trailers for it for. Ages. It had trailers, I think, at the PC Gamer Show last year. My, no, Devolver, Devolver's press conference at E3. Uh, Strangly Thongs season three game, the game. That looks fairly cool. Uh, out July fourth, Pine. Uh oh, Pine was the one with the animal people. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, those moose people looked quite cool. Yes, one of most person. Rad, <laughs> the new one from Double Fine. Oh, uh, quite supremacy. It, yeah, it, <laughs> it looked interesting. I would have to play it to know if it'd be enjoyable. Yeah, you get mutations, you beat stuff up. Yeah, I found some of the Double Fine stuff real hit and miss. I hope yeah. that they are really going to start getting into their swing because I really enjoyed uh, Headlander. Yeah, and apparently this is some of the Headlander team on this, so well, hopefully maybe that'll be a good sign. The creature in the well. I don't remember what one that was. Bloodroots. Don't remember what one that was. Neo Cab. Oh, you, you're, you're the last taxi driver in a world oh, yeah, where like yeah, yeah. all the cabs are automated now, and you're trying to find your missing friend. And also the the fascist state of yeah. constantly watching. It's, yeah. it's very fascist, and you play a very queer seeming driver lady. She gives off good queer energy. Mm-hmm. Swim sanity. Uh, yeah, that looked fun. You oh. swim around, beat stuff up. Overland. Don't remember what one that was. The Red Lantern. That one looked good. Oh yeah, the Red Lantern. Um, that was the the sort of mushing the the yes the, the the huskies trying to do the big race, and it's got the voice of Chloe from Life is Strange. Um, an Ultra Bug. 
Uh, oh, that was the... Um... Oh, the other one from Rami Ismail. Yes. Yeah, the other Vlambeer one. The one that's a bit like... Um, it's it's going to be uh, part Robotron. of... Yeah, it's part of a thing called Vlambeer Arcade, where yes. it'll get new games consistently added to it. That seems like a cool idea. Uh, Firewatch is coming to Switch. Uh, Firewatch is always cool. Not played it. Um, thanks for Arachnovolt in the Discord for, for providing that list. Thank you! Very helpful. Oh, that was Creature in the Well, that one. With the, oh! Um, yes, the sort of... um, It's... Based a bit like pinball, but with yes. swords. Pinball swords. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, th- I thought that sword. was a really well-paced direct, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. And did they not also mention the uh, Labo VR? Uh, not during the Nindies direct, but... Just, that... just roughly this is recent. Uh, it's pretty recent. It's pretty it? recent, yeah, yeah. So Labo's getting... You can make a VR with cardboard. There've been some like trailers and some hands-on stuff about it. Apparently, like it's more feature complete than you would expect. Yeah, apparently um, there's like sixty odd games in this one. Yeah, um, there's there's a bunch of cool stuff. It, I'm intrigued to try that out. That's probably the Labo thing I'm most intrigued mm. by. Apparently, some of it can interact with the older bits. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, something to do with the house. You can do something with the Labo house, I Ooh. think. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see where they go with that. Yeah. And and you also got information out today about the uh, the, the special Labo uh, uh, storage device. Uh, Nintendo in Japan are releasing a cardboard box with Labo printing all over oh, it. Five pounds. To, to, to store your, you store your Labo in an expensive <laughs> cardboard box that says Labo on it. Mm. <laughs> Nintendo invented the cardboard box. Uh, apparently so. Uh, have you watched anything else? Uh, I think that's everything I watched. Uh, so I've watched a couple of other things. I'll rattle off quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we can. We both continued watching uh, One Day at a Time. We did. That that show continues to do funny and it feels. Funny and feels, yeah. Uh, we... We will probably talk about it more in depth when we finish season one, because I'm sure you will have some thoughts. Uh, the other thing I've done is I subscribed to College Humor, the <sighs> YouTube channel, to their uh, paid subscription thing, Dropout. Is it worth it? Uh, so far, I I have spent like a week watching lots and lots of their content whenever I have time free, and I still have a mountain of stuff on there to watch that interests me. Okay. Um. So most of the shows I'll start off talking about, they've had like probably about a quarter of an episode previews every now and then on their YouTube channel, stuff like mm-hmm. um, Um Actually, which is a yeah, yeah sort of quiz show where it's about like the presenter will say a piece of nerd trivia with some obscure piece of information is incorrect mm-hmm. and about trying to spot like that's the incorrect bit of nerd trivia in there. Mm. Um that one's really fun. I've been enjoying having considerably more of that there to do. It's a fun challenge as someone who <laughs> likes nerd stuff and's like, I, I want to think I would notice something <laughs> wrong. Um, there is also, let me have a look through, Cartoon Hell, which is oh, yeah, um, yeah. sort of uh, connected to Drawfee, which I've talked about before, mm-hmm. which is just people having conversations while drawing things. Uh, and also being in hell in this yeah, case. Yeah, in this case, the premise is... Um, Two two people made a deal with the with the devil to get a cartoon show, and then got hit by a bus while they were heading to the studio, and now they're stuck in hell trying to make cartoons to like. If one of them is a success, they'll get to leave hell. But every time there is something wrong with their cartoons, so they're given prompts that will be something like, "I like weed. I like anime. Draw a weed anime," um, and they will come up with like, "Here's our protagonist, Toku, who looks like Goku but with a weed leaf for hair." And then at the end, it'll all get animated into maybe like a four-minute-long animated, uh, like little pilot 
thing. Uh, I it's... saw the one with the, the, the squishiest people, the, the puff slug and the, oh, the pink Oh, sheriff. yes, yes. It was about um cute animals that would then become, like, the, the most disgusting, terrifying monsters. Yeah. Um, that... That's been really fun. I've been enjoying... I really like the narrative layer they've wrapped around this 20 minutes of drawing and trying to come up with silly ideas. And the interactions they have um, sort of while they're, they're drawing and, yeah. and sort of how, how they're scheming that out. I also like the fact that like, I'm not a great artist. I like yeah. the fact that they are people who can just draw at the speed they're going, hey, let's do this thing. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch and particularly to see their different drawing styles yeah. at speed. Um, I've been enjoying quite a fun little subplot that's been going on recently where every now and then they'll be doing one of their cartoons and they'll be like, we're going to get someone in to help you. And they'll get this artist, Julia, to come in and like draw one addition to their cartoon. And it's like, cartoon was shit. What Julia drew was amazing. She's getting upgraded. Like, she goes to hell plus now. <laughs> Right, oh, yeah, like she was in like, hell, hell plus platinum. I, I think she was in hell premium platinum economy for a while. I think she gets to be a ghost now. <laughs> so it's like you're still dead, but like you know, you can go hang out on Earth if you want. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what other ones were there? There's one called the Rank Room, which, uh, it's basically you know that game in Jackbox Five, I think, where you have to come up with inventions. And then, like, pitch to everyone yeah, why yeah, yours yeah. is the best solution to this problem. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that as a show. Yeah. They will have a topic that will be something like... Uh, a recent one I was watching was... The most useful invention that hasn't yet been invented. Mm. And they will each go around the table and come up with... Like, offer two inventions that they think would be a thing. And then everyone votes and we get the winning answer. Mm. So, uh, I'm trying to remember some good examples. One of them was... um. A glove box in your car that will keep food, uh, fast food that you got from the uh, the, the drive through hot and warm so it doesn't go like that sort of lukewarm, mm. wrong texture that, that takeaway yeah. food can go. You just put it in your glove box. Maybe there's a little coffee warmer in your uh, your drinks holder can heat, keep your coffee warm. Mm. So it's stuff like that. And it's sort of come up with silly inventions nice. or silly creations. That one was quite fun. Uh WTF 101, or What the Fuck 101, um, it's a bunch of basically like, here's the the sort of gross and sometimes horrible truth about history taught as like a detention club. It's a little bit magic school bus if Miss Frizzle was like really sadistic and clearly had magic powers and was just <laughs> Didn't fucking... did she have magic powers? Well, like, more so than normal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like... Her class of students will make some offhand uh, of detention people will make some offhand comment, and she'd be like, "Oh, you think th- like oh, what was a good one recently?" Um, some comment is made about like, "Oh yeah, you know, nas- nasty people never get ahead in this world," and oh. it's like, "No, we're gonna go back through time and show you all the times that like horrible people got away with it and everything went well for them." Oh. Uh, or ah, here's here's all of the disgusting ways that that sex is not beautiful in in the animal kingdom or. Things like this. And oh. it's very amusing. Um, there is some other stuff. Oh, last one. Total Forgiveness. I think I've mentioned this one before. It's about paying off people's uh, college ah, hey. student loans by making them do increasingly more difficult challenges. Yeah, I that... saw the pilot one of that. Yeah, so beyond the pilot, there's been... There was one recently where Ali, uh, the, the woman on the show, has to 
she she's not very good at singing, and she has to sing the national anthem in front of a a live football game. Oh dang! Uh, for example. So is this only available on PC and mobile? Is there an app? Uh, there, is there is now an app. The app literally this week came up, and that was okay. a big part of what pushed me to go, okay, fine, I'll do it now, because I can watch on my phone. Is and there a PlayStation app? Anything like I that? don't know if there's a PlayStation app. Um, I know that it's on PC. I know you can load it. we could load it up on my laptop. I don't know about PS4 mm. and things like that. But for me, I've been downloading it to watch offline on my yeah. phone, which oh. has worked really well. Mm-hmm. There are some other things I've enjoyed on that app, but I'll talk about them in the next segment. Ooh, so then. <gasps> Time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Our sponsor this week is a very special charity <gasps> appeal. Oh, ooh, tell us about this And it's this less charity. of a sponsor, more we're just making, this, making people aware of this charity. This is a very special and a charity that is very close to my own heart. <gasps> oh, but no. more importantly, close to our Smudge's heart. Oh, oh, our kitty Smudge would be affected by this charity. Indeed. <gasps> tell me about this charity. This is a charity that provides food for kitties who have never eaten. Ever? Literally never eaten. Never. At least this morning, probably never, though. Yeah, maybe this morning, but probably never. What if never? What if never? That, I mean, that is exactly how they put it for the representatives. They were very cute and fuzzy. <laughs> and they were like, oh. but we have never eaten. We are so hungry. And then you, you we, I did look at them and think, mm, you do have a bit more, like, you're you know. Very floof. You're very floof for a cat that's never eaten. I'm not seeing any ribs or any skinniness. No, no but... and I've been to Greece where the cats are really skinny. I know, but apparently these kitchens are. Never eaten. Never eaten. And if they don't get fed right now, they're going to die. They can't wait half an hour. No, we can't wait half an hour till the sun comes up. No. No. I mean, they will literally scratch the shit out. But they will—that's how they found us. They scratched <laughs> the shit out of our door. It's like, what is that noise? Yeah, we'll stop. They said we will stop scratching your door if you do a sponsor post and, like, you know, tell everyone about our charity. Yeah. So, if you would like to uh, just uh, text Q and P S sixty to donate five pounds uh, to uh, k- kitties, food for kitties who have never eaten. Yeah, and you could you could save the life of a kitty who has never eaten, who is going to die. Going to die of right now. Right now, five a.m. Right now, right now. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actors Softworks. Hi, 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 hi. Yeah, how's hey, it going? Yeah, it's it's good. Thank you for uh, joining me for this uh, meeting today. Well, anything you know to advance the cause of uh, money? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, there, there's there's been a bit of a buzz recently around the the gaming industry. Yeah, about, I've heard uh, about her. Some of these, some of oh, <laughs> well, uh, there's been some talk of these uh some streaming services. Uh, yeah, some of these yeah. companies talking about getting into them. And I was, yeah, that search engine guy. Yeah, yeah, that search engine guy, and like I. I think that the phone people are doing something. Ah. But, like, here's... I, I, I've been thinking, maybe we should be getting in on this racket. Yeah, I mean, like, um... We'll stream stuff. Uh, we'll use that uh, thing to connect it straight to the Wi-Fi, like a controller or something. Yeah, so, like, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's yeah. what I'm thinking. Right now, like, we sell people games. And, like, yeah. you know, they can, they can sell those games secondhand. We don't get any money from that. Uh, you know... Yeah, I'm not they, down with that. No, exactly. Like, they can... Buy games on sale. No. I know, I know, I know. Like, people even sometimes share their online logins and just let other people play our games without paying for them. Fiendish bastards. I know, I know. So, like, 
I think this streaming malarkey might be, like, right up our alley. Because yeah. all you gotta do is you let them play the game, but you never let them own it. Like, we, we, sure. we, we be like a video of the game to them. Yeah. But at any time, we can just yeah, go... video game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, they gotta, they gotta pay for it, but, like, they don't have it. We keep the game. If someone else right. wants to play it, they gotta pay for it. Right. We can make them pay, like, you know, a subscription, maybe. They gotta, uh, yeah, I like they gotta pay, like, models. over and over and over to still not own the game. And can we tier it so that, like, people pay... Uh, people who pay less don't get as good an experience as people who actually pay what oh, they think course, it's worth. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, so, like, we can make them pay month after month after month to yeah. never own any of our video games. Awesome. I think this is just a license to print money. I, do, I, I like those. I like those. I mean, briefly, we had one, but then we got in all that trouble. But, yeah, I like the idea that there there is more excuse for us to just uh, print money. Yeah. <laughs> and this yeah. is it. And as soon as, like, you know, it gets expensive, too many people try and play the game, we just take it off the server. Because they don't own it. What are they going to do? Yeah. Or, or we just shut down the servers one day. Just completely shut the servers down. I hadn't even thought of that. How, and how about this? Like, um, we put in the contract that, like, we only guarantee the servers to be up, like, such a percentage of the time. So sometimes we could just turn them off and save ourselves some money. We call it server maintenance. Server maintenance. I like that. I like that. Basically, it's just, you know, letting it cool down for an hour or so. You, sir, are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you been putting in your ears this week, James? In my ears? Well, in my ever and never-ending quest to listen to more Doctor Who-related <laughs> stuff. Or just Dalek stuff, because Doctor Who's not been in it. Um, I finished the Dalek War series, uh, Dalek Empire series. Ooh, how, um, how was it? It was interesting. Um, so, the fourth one, The Fearless, is chronologically about the same time of season one and two. Mm-hmm. Or, or sort of sometime around then. Um, because it takes uh, a group of people, uh, specifically, do you remember Mickey from, um, Tenant Oh, Era? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the main character in this. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because he was, he was absent for a while in the, sh- is this, like, in the era in the show when he sort of vanished for a no, while? No, it's, it's, it's just his, 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 his actor. Ah, okay. It's not actually Mickey. Oh, I thought you meant the character. I was like, oh. I think there is a plot in the show where that could happen yeah he, i think he's away for a while and okay. there's also the whole parallel universe stuff okay yeah um no so um yeah it basically he is on this sort of tiny backwater um planetoid where they've tried to sort of like frontiers people and they you know they're trying to set up uh like a whole community for themselves living out on the edge and Taming the wild land and so forth, and and in in this case, you know, not having to displace any people that already live there. Whoa, Whoa. um, and the the general of Earth Alliance forces are basically going. Well, they're they're rather good at this, aren't they? Let's let's get them on board to help us fight the Daleks because they've come up with this sort of like, hey, the Daleks, they're squishy and 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 wussy and crap. Um, but their re- their real power comes from their you know their transport machine. Mm. So let's build one of our own. So they basically build these things called spacers that are like mecha essentially, just huge multi like uh, uh, multi weapons can fly through space can be used for infiltration and all sorts. Just power armor. Um, 
and they they basically decide they want this guy because he's you know smart and he's been able to keep his people alive and so forth the thing that gets me is the general of earth's defense forces is called langdon hmm. and and mickey the i can't remember his name is he's he's got quite a strong london accent <laughs> Right. So every time he's, he says a name, it sounds like he's saying, Landon! 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 Right, Landon? Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, yeah. It's an interesting story, sort of running parallel to that first story. They're basically sent to kill uh, Susan Mendez because they feel that she's making... Because she's helping give the humans hope so that they will be better slaves for the Daleks... Her plan is is to try and sort of overthrow them mm. when when there is a moment. Yeah. Um, but obviously, most of Earth's defense forces don't know this. They just see her as a traitor to the human race, and that she's making the slaves work more efficiently, and that's why the Daleks are going to win the war. So they send um send the the space and the fearless team to assassinate Susan Mendes, and and it's a whole story about that and. Like how he gets to be who he is, and and how he gets to be sort of in charge of that group, and how sometimes in war people do bad things for what they believe to be the right reasons. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's an interesting story. Um, nice. So yeah, if if you're into Daleks getting their asses kicked, that's a good one. It's an interesting human interest story. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I've started listening to some tracks by an artist called Billie Eilish, who I had heard nothing about them before, and I was linked to one of their music videos, and I clicked it out of curiosity. They've got some fascinating, if slightly macabre, but like incredibly visually impressive music videos mm-hmm. um, to go along with their music. They're very... It's it's pop with a very sort of like sinister tone and a lot of really interesting sounds mixed in with it. A um, couple of tracks that I was really enjoying were um, "You Should See Me in a Crown." Uh, this next one is all one word. I don't want to be you anymore. Lovely. When the party's over and bury a friend were all really interesting tracks. So mm. I've not like dug deeply into this artist. I don't know if there is anything like. <laughs> No milkshake. Ducks. I haven't done the milkshake duck Google search yet. I I have not dug big into their library. I don't know if they've done anything problematic, but I quite enjoyed, particularly I quite enjoyed looking at some of their music videos. So they seem like a very interesting artist. Oh, I'll keep an eye on. No, 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 nice. What about you? Um, well, I started listening to a new podcast. <gasps> we actually started listening to it together. I don't know if you'd heard it before. Which one was this? Um, my father wrote a porno. Oh, I've been through this before. <laughs> yes, we both listened to the first episode of uh, at, at, with with our friends round of, uh, and I've listened to two two and a half more episodes yes. since. So it's it's about a man whose dad just wrote a porn. On Amazon, uh, like an it, erotic novel. Yeah. He he <laughs> he just self-published an erotic novel on Amazon, and his son was like, "This I'm is just, awful. This is awful. I'm going to get two of my friends, but like lovingly, lovingly, <laughs> lovingly riff on how awfully yeah. written." And he's just story. like, "I'm just going. I'm just going to read cha- a chapter a week to my friends, and we will just discuss it as we go." While they're like, "Boobs don't do that. Boobs don't do that." That's it. My dad wrote a porno. My dad wrote a porno. Yeah, and you, 
<laughs> the thing that initially drew this to my attention is I, on a weekly basis, do a podcast with a lovely, lovely man called Jim Sterling. <laughs> and there is a character in this porno called Jim Sterling, and it's... <laughs> Someone pointed this out to me, and I started listening, and then it all gets very... It gets very interesting when someone shares a name, a full name, with a porno character that you're hearing about. It's... I mean, he's a porno character in most of my fantasies. <laughs> yeah. It's it's an interesting one. But yeah, what have what, what you been thinking of it so far? Um, I'm just enjoying... I'm enjoying how bad it is as a porno, and remembering that the, the few times I've written erotic literature, and uh, I have to say, I think mine's probably better. Uh, if, yes. if not slightly more sacrilegious. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We don't have we... to say the title. No, I'm it. not going to say the title, <laughs> but the one of yours that we did a dramatic reading of uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I think we scared mm. your friends a bit. I think it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anything else you've listened to? Uh, that's that's everything I listened to. Uh, I'll very quickly go through. There were two podcasts which are available as video video podcasts, but they're Ooh. sort of designed to be listenable as audio as like well. Like this show. Like this is a wait. Are we video? Well, I mean, we have a we have a, a like a video goes up on YouTube. Ah, I see what you mean. It's a static no, image. Uh, th- this is more uh, the video component on the app, on the Dropout app is like Ooh. the people actually having the conversation. You can, oh, okay. You can watch so like a like a just a live stream of it. Yeah, it could be like a video roundtable. Okay, or yeah, a yeah. podcast, but it's oh, sort of okay. nothing you need to see. Right. Um, okay. These these are both again on the Dropout app, and I've been like I've only dipped a little bit into each of them, but they both seem very fun. Tales from the Closet is from a, uh, a queer lady on the dropout stuff, getting a bunch of queer people to talk about queer things, and it's quite a it's quite a humour filled one. It's it's a lot of just like having a laugh at stuff that's like oh that was a bit bad at the time, but we can laugh about it now. Well, it's nice when our stories aren't entirely misery made. Exactly, it's it's definitely got a lot more humour and a lot less sort of seriousness than some of these queer mm. discussion podcasts. Mm-hmm. And the other one, on a similar note to my dad wrote a porno, was uh, it's simply called Erotic Book Club. And it is all of the people on the on the show will once a week be given a short piece of erotic fiction that has been picked out of some bizarre nature. And they'll just do a book review show about a porn book that they read. Mm. And I'm I'm a fan of hearing serious book reviews that are also comedy book reviews of porn. Well, I mean, you've reviewed porn yourself. Indeed, so. as someone who has done sort of serious, sort of humorous reviews of porn before, I, I enjoy this premise. Mm. So that that is two new podcasts I've been enjoying, which, again, I don't know if I'll stick with this Dropout subscription, but, like, there's a lot of stuff on here I've been sort of like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, enjoying If you this. just chug through your uh, sub- in, like, all their content and then leave well, it, I guess. Well, it's going to take me a few weeks to chug through all their well, content. Well, that's what I mean, like... If in a, in a, yeah, if I get through it all, then I'm not like I'm enjoying enough different pieces that post on a weekly basis that I'm like there will probably be something every day that I'll enjoy on this app, and it's probably going to stick around. Mm. I think they've got me. They might nice. well have done it. Mm. And how much is it? Uh, it's like three three pound fifty or something a month, That's not which bad. is not bad at all. When there's what one two, uh, three. Four, five, six. There's at least eight things so far that I found that I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd check that out once a week. Hmm. Nice. Oh. I think that's it for listened. Well then, time for this. Ooh. 
Are you ever trying to use sticky tape? Constantly. Do you ever find that once you put it down, that it, the, the, the bit of tape, that, that the end bit just sort of wraps around the tape and then it's like really flat against it and you're like, where is it? I can't find the end bit. I am constantly asking myself that. Right. I think you and everybody else, so we've come up with a whole new solution. It is sentient sticky tape. <gasps> How does it work? It's got a mind of its own and it's like, hey, I want to help you out here. Please take the end of my body and then tear it off. I'll try not to scream too much. <laughs> and then just, you know, you'll 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 have exactly the bit you need. And you'll be able to find me every time. And I'm nihilistic about the whole thing, so it'll be fine. Just keep tearing me down until there is less and less and nothing. Or, you know, I am just half a roll stuck at the bottom of a drawer, forgotten forever. But you keep buying more and throwing more half ones in the bottom of there when you're done with them. Because you sort of know where you should put unfinished tape when you're done with it. But you didn't know when that you if you had any or not while you were out uh, shopping and stuff. Sension sticky tape! Sounds great! Right? <laughs> <laughs> that got... That got dark in the middle. <laughs> A woo, good evening and welcome to Doggo News. Here are the main box. Was that the postman? Or a deadly assassin come to kill the humans. My favourite toy has been stuck under the couch for days, and I can't quite reach it. We rejoin the rescue in a few minutes. Why do they make shoes so tasty, if they're not for eats? Are Shiba Inu setting unreasonable beauty standards for all doggos? Is it time to end the reign of the Cone of Shame? We ask local doggo Max why he thinks he can be trusted not to lick his own stitches without this humiliating plastic collar. And should humans stand trial for deception following claims to have thrown the ball when in fact they did not let go of the ball? This is Doggo News. Arf. Oh, woo. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> story time. Stop a story. What's the story? We've got to know. We're going to make it up as we go. Oh, tell me. What, what story prompts have got this week? Uh, well, we got one from that there, Drob. Hi, Drob. Hi, Drob. <laughs> Um, she said, but little did she know she was also into it. <laughs> little did she know she was also into it. Uh, I'm, I'm big on that one. Uh, Jake <laughs> Gerkman Adams uh, has a severe indigestion. I hope you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a suggestion for what they were both into. <laughs> no, I think that, Well, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we have a digestion. Mm. <laughs> um, we have uh, one from Samuel West. Uh, a bra made out of recycled plant material that makes you better at math. Or maths. Uh, Lydia Blessed. Uh, Dimitri, the Russian elephant who loves jazz. So, we need a name for our story. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, th I feel like we need to get a little bit of premise together before we can jump to a title, maybe, but okay. I think we could maybe go with Little Did She Know... What was it? Little Did, did She Know She, she was, was into it. also Into It. We could maybe pair that with The the Elephant Was Into Jazz. Yes. Little Did She Know She Was Also, also into, into Jazz. jazz. I have a, the idea of elephants using their, their trunks as musical instruments Ooh, to like play the jazz. Out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm picturing them, like, you know, playing the nose like a the trunk like a saxophone. <laughs> Yeah, well, what was the elephant's first element's name? Dimitri? Dimitri. Okay, so... Where is Dimitri? Here's, here's what I'm picturing the story. Dimitri, first elephant around to use their nose for uh, musical purposes. Everyone's... All the other elephants are very... Uh, 
Oh, no, that's very uncouth. This is not how we do things as elephants. Okay. It was 1924. <laughs> I was shunned by family. <laughs> I don't know if this is a Russian accent. <laughs> this is whatever accent this is. Sort this of is Eastern European. Uh, Northern, Northern European accent. Hopefully. This <laughs> I'm is, sorry, everyone. This is a 1920s elephant accent. This is, this is, no, this is film noir. <laughs> Dimitri the elephant. Film noir, film noir elephant from 1920s. I wish... F- <laughs> I was uh, shunned by other elephant. I had to leave my home country of Russia <laughs> and go to New Orleans. I found myself in the jazz bar where I met Luna. She sing in jazz bar, and she sing very well, but she do not judge me when I play my, t- my nose like clarinet. See, I'm not going to judge you for, for playing your nose like a trumpet, but I would never do it myself. I, it just doesn't seem like my thing. She was so beautiful. I had never seen the like of it before. And when she spoke to me in that smoky nightclub, I did not know how to react. Uh, later, she invited me back into changing, into dressing room. Oh, did I? <laughs> uh, well, why don't you uh, come back and join me? She was getting changed between shows. She was a singer there. She turned to face the mirror. Which was kind of inconvenient, because at that point she was facing a mirror as she took off her dress and revealed that she was wearing a bra made of recycled plant material. Sorry, yes, it uh, makes me better at maths. She was very, very good at maths, so I can only assume that algebra worked very well. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know why, but on that night... It seemed like the birds were angry, but I had severe indigestion. It meant that I kept thrumping through my my clarinet nose when I was trying not to, but I did so anyway. <laughs> oh goodness, you really can't play tonight. Um, but but if only there was someone to to replace you. They, we 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 need your uh, trumpet esque trunk out there. But who will play clarinet if I cannot go on because of my severe indigestion? Pardon me. See, I, I, I would, but I uh, just doesn't seem like it to be my thing. My darling, I came from Russia, where I was shown for this thing. I believe that perhaps if you play your nose too, you can try, and perhaps it will spark something within you. Well, I here goes. And so she went on stage that night. <laughs> It was incredible. I'd never heard the like of it, and soon we started to jam together. Seems like she was also into it. And so we became lovers. Until the war started, and I was shot in the head <laughs> by friendly fire, because Americans shoot Russians, because of misunderstanding. It's got very dark! And that is how I was left there, dying on the battlefield in the rain, leaving behind only that sweet, sweet Luna, who I had met singing in a jazz club in New Orleans. Oh, what do we... Ha <laughs> <laughs>
What do we what do we call this? Um my my, my first title thought was Love Blows on the Battlefield. There we go. <laughs> yep. Love you've got, blows on you've the got, You've got the romance, the jazz, and the, the surprisingly out of nowhere depressing war ending. It was just that period of time. <laughs> I suppose. It started so. in the nineteen twenties. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and there we go, that's the story. There we go. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone for for your suggestions. Uh, I used Luna Laviolette's name because I needed a, a name. Uh, hi, Drob, uh for the uh, also into it. Uh, Jay Gurkman Adams uh, for severe indigestion. Thank you very much for that. Samuel West, thank you very much for the algebra. It was brilliant. And Lydia Blessed for Dimitri, the Russian hamster. I'm a hamster? <laughs> the Russian elephant who loves jazz. <laughs> the hamster would have more trouble playing its nose. No, even. <laughs> I don't know why I kept also playing tracks from Twin Peaks, because it's the only <laughs> jazz I know. Anyway, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Bro, justice warriors. Hello, Larry. Oh, babe. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, uh, you need a drink, do you? I do, just a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, gravelly, gravelly throat. These uh, conversations will be have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always a risk. Always a risk. How's how's your, how's your week been going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, you been up to much? Oh, I've just been having a think, you know, the way I do. Yeah, yeah, the way you do about this time of the week. What's uh, what have you what have you what have you been thinking about, mate? Oh, I've been having a having a think about um, you know, stereotypes. They're a yeah, they're a thing that exists, and yeah. uh, you know, they they definitely uh, generalise in whole groups of people based on attributes that are often not you know not accurate in any way le- even more or less so to it, like everyone within a group you know yeah but, i mean no person of any particular group is in any way the same as everybody else but certainly there is you know you may find commonalities but that's not enough to sort of start stereotyping a much larger group yeah. than say the three or four people that that stereotype was based off of. Yeah. So like is what I was thinking. I was thinking a bit more, you know, not so specifically about stereotypes. I was thinking about uh, quote unquote positive stereotypes. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like um I, the example always comes to mind for me is uh when people talk about uh, Asian people being good at maths. This, yeah. this is this example that you know comes up of something that is a stereotype. It's a blanket generalization made to a group of people, yeah, yeah, a very, yeah. in, um, very very large group of people. Yeah, and a lot of people will hand wave that away off as, oh, that's not so bad. It's a positive. It's a positive yeah, stereotype. Yeah, yeah. It's saying they're good at something. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 always it's you know I've been doing a lot of you know thinking about it and talking to people about it and. It is still a bad thing, and it's important to talk about that. I think because oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know when you make a uh, you know a big generalization like that example about you know being good at maths, what you're doing there is you're doing a few things. You're creating you know stigma that if someone from that group isn't good at that thing, that you know they've somehow failed, and it's not just a natural part of being human that yeah. not everyone's good at everything. 
You also, you know, get the problem that if someone succeeds at that thing and they're part of that group, their uh, accomplishments get lessened because it's like, well, of course you did well. You're or from... genetically predisposed yeah, in some exactly. way. Exactly. And, you know, both of those are very, you know, they're damaging things. Yeah, yeah. These are actually, you know, places where just because something generalised to a group is perhaps a, is, is said to be a positive doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt people from that group, whether they do well or badly at the thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, have you got any input on this? Well, no, I mean, I've got a friend who's of uh, Vietnamese descent, and uh, he finds in his workplace, actually, he gets quite a lot of people going, oh, you know, can you can you do maths? Can you just do maths problems? Maths problems? I mean, you're, you're from that part of the world, aren't you? You're all supposed to be good at maths. And, like, it's still racism. Yeah, exactly. It's still, like... You might be framing it as a positive thing. But... It's, it's still going to an individual and going... I superficially viewed something about you and have assumed that this is also true about you because of what I saw and then assumed. Yeah, uh, black people supposed to be incredible athletes. Yeah, exactly. It's things like this where, like, it 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 causes problems for people who who are good and who aren't good at that thing. It's you know it has impacts and it's it's you know. We shouldn't be making these sort of generalisations in general. Not, you know, we shouldn't be hand-waving away because, oh, well, that one's not a bad one. As I say, really, it's, it's essentially yeah. just racism. You can you can colour yeah. it any way you like. And but al- uh, that's... Also important to talk about this, and I think this is important because, like, you know, we should probably look at the history of why positive stereotypes are a thing, is... Uh, if we look at that example I mentioned of um, sort of to do with maths and Asia, uh, people from Asia, yes. uh, the reason why that started in America was largely as a way to uh, to discredit people of other minority groups. Um, it was during a period of change um, in, in America and America decided, well, this is a group that we would like to, you know, point out and say they're the model minority so that it's easier to, you know, discriminate against other minority groups. And this is why they sort of built this... Yes. This positive, quote unquote, positive stereotype is so that it was easier to put other minority groups down, you know. Yeah. And that historical context is important. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's, what again, again, it comes down to a uh, a majority white country trying to exploit a certain group of people one way or another. Yeah. In this case, trying to exploit them over an entirely different group of people. Who they'd recently imported for slavery. Exactly. It's it's trying to use other people's existence as pawns in a in a game to pit you know to pit everyone against everyone for the betterment of the majority class. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, uh, would you care for argument? Yeah, definitely. I'll, definitely. I'll need it. Yeah. Oh. That's a good argument. It's a proper good argument. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna make. Should we? Uh, should we have that cup of tea? Oh, I could redo with it. Yeah. Oh, pop the kettle on. So, <gasps> Laura, me. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz, pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday, nine to five at kotaku.co.uk. Uh, you can read my full Yoshi's Crafted World review up there. You can read my article about going to Norwich and talking to some game developers. Mm-hmm. I've got some books as well. Uncomfortable Labels, that comes out on the 18th of July, I believe. That is, like, it's printing now. Like, there are copies starting to come into existence somewhere in the world. There's Uncom- uh, there, uh, the mm-hmm. other 
There's also things I learned from Mario's Butt, which is a book about video game character butts. The art is done, the words are done, it's been all graphic designed into a book, so that'll be, you know, hopefully that'll be this summer. That's the plan. Hopefully we should have a date fairly soon. I think that's about it. What about you? Uh, I am Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. I am on stonemonkeyradio.blog, uh, patreon.com slash jane, uh, slash stoned monkey radio. Um, I'm on Badly Designated Heroes, which is a real D&D, uh, fifth edition, uh, I'm on Badly Designated Heroes, which is a D&D fifth edition real play podcast that I am on with Becky Toot Hill and Nick Wynn and James Known Last Lane Given. And yeah, that's doing Fun! Come and enjoy that thing. That is on Curious Epidemic on Twitter, uh, Curiosity Epidemic on SoundCloud. We've just got accepted to iTunes, so Apple Podcasts. Ooh. Yay! Uh, badly Designated Heroes, check it out. Uh, Laura? Yes? Sing us out. Until next time, be a stranger. I will.